From the shores of the beautiful Chesapeake Bay, this is the Pendulum Land Podcast. Welcome, infrastructure junkies, to our show. This is a podcast created by right-of-way professionals for right-of-way professionals. The Pendulum Land Podcast is the voice of the right-of-way industry. We are your primary source of news, trends, and developments in eminent domain, right-of-way acquisition, and the Uniform Relocation Act. I'm Dave Arnold. And I'm Kristen Bennett. Today, we're going to shake things up at the Pendulum Land Podcast. Woo! As all of our infrastructure junkies know, our first season concluded at the end of the year 2020, and we picked up with season two in late January of 2021. We took stock of what we'd done with the Pendulum Land podcast, and we looked for ways to make it better. Some of our changes in season two have been subtle, and some not so much. Now, we're approaching the mid-season finale of season two of the Pendulum Land podcast. Yeah, and great news. We're going to record that mid-season finale at the International Right-of-Way Association annual conference in San Antonio in front of a live audience like we recently did. That was a lot of fun in New Orleans, wasn't it? It was a blasty blast. Well, let, we'll see how that goes. I've got my fingers crossed that San Antonio will go as well as New Orleans. After the mid-season finale, we're going to take a little bit of a break and then ramp up for the second half of season two of the Pendulum Land podcast with some great things in store. One of our goals for season two is that we want to have 500 followers on our LinkedIn page. So, dear listeners, if you like our show, would you do us a favor? Take a moment, go to LinkedIn, search up the Pendulum Land podcast, and just simply like our page. In return, you're going to get some great stuff between episodes. We post, obviously, some spam recipes every once in a while, a Billy Squire video, fun memes, and other great content. So check it out. Dave, what are we doing today? Well, since you asked, for today's episode, we're going to try something that we've never done before here at the Pendulum Land Podcast. Are we going to eat potted meat? <laughs> I'm not. Okay, me neither. Do I have to do CrossFit? Uh, I'm not doing that either. Do we have to try peyote? No, Kristen. Oh, what? <laughs> Come on. Today, for the first time ever, we're going to have an infrastructure junkie roundtable. A roundtable? Don't there need to be more than just the two of us? Well, yeah, that's why Carrie Lynn Hirsch of Pendulum Land Services and eminent domain attorney Ross Green have joined us for today's episode. Oh, hey, I didn't see you guys there. Hey. hey. How could you miss us? I'm invisible. I have my Harry Potter invisibility cloak on. <laughs> I'm a ninja. So here, here's how this is going to work. Each participant of today's program has brought with them a right-of-way topic that's been on their mind lately. And they've also brought one piece of pop culture and the group will discuss each of those together. Okay. We're going to need to be a little bit patient because each of us doesn't know the other person's topics. This scares me a bit. Well, we're going to have to see how it goes. Just keep your fingers crossed for the best. Now, but first, today's episode was made possible by our generous sponsor, Pendulum Land Services. Now, Kristen, I understand that Pendulum Land Services has received some very exciting news lately. Have they ever? As you know, Pendulum Land Services is a full-service, small, women-owned right-of-way company. And Pendulum, which was already SWAM certified in the great Commonwealth of Virginia, is now a certified DBE firm. That's a disadvantaged business enterprise. So, if you want first-rate right-of-way services and working with small, women-owned businesses is a priority... Find Pendulum Land Services at PendulumLand.com. That's www.PendulumLand.com. Okay, for the first Infrastructure Junkies Roundtable. Is everybody ready to go? Yes, I'm ready to go. Carrie Lynn, Ross, what do you think? Mixmaster Ross on the ones and twos. What, <laughs> what is that? Well, I love I, it when I, Ross is on the show. Uh, right, I don't know what's happening. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to alternate. Like somebody's going to raise a, a substantive right-of-way topic followed by a pop culture discussion can from we, another person. Can we make fun of each other? If we didn't make fun of each other, it wouldn't be the Pendulum Land podcast. Good point. Okay. So since, um, uh, since this was my idea and I've made you guys do this, I'll go first on the substantive topic. Is that cool? Yeah. No. Let her rip. All right. <laughs> What's on my mind is this. The subject of what is called property rights. 
It's the very fiber of our industry. But it's also the mantra of the landowner's bar. It's used to sway politicians, influence the media, and pull at the heartstrings of a jury. Now, hey, I get it. I get the Fifth Amendment. I get it. I fully support the concept that no property can be taken without payment of just compensation. I'm on board with it 100%. And not only that, I'm committed to paying full just compensation and to insisting that my clients pay full and fair just compensation. But let's just tone down this property rights rhetoric, can we? Let's refrain from the indignance and outrage that is encouraged by the landowner's bar. Now, my land, my land, my land, my land. I hear this all the time, right? Wrap yourself in the American flag. Scream constitutional rights without even considering what it really means. Maybe even have a bald eagle fly overhead for a dramatic <laughs> effect. Okay? My response to that is, hey, calm down. Just calm down. What's the first thing we do on any infrastructure project? Run title? Why do we run title? To determine ownership? Interest of the rights being disturbed? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we do. And for instance, when PLS is hired on an infrastructure project, we're usually asked to provide 60-year title searches. And we accept that report, a 60-year title report, as the standard in the industry. That's what we accept. But though that's what we accept, it's an artificial, arbitrary standard. Let's consider a few things right now. Okay? Number one, the Earth is approximately 4.5 billion years old. Billion. And in the spectrum of time of the Earth's existence, the human race has only been around for the equivalent of the blink of an eye. But somehow... We think we can claim ownership of something that's this ancient, that's 4.5 billion years old. God, are we an arrogant species. Also consider this, number two. Take, for example, a piece of property that we own. It might be a farm, it might be a single-family residence, it could be an industrial park, whatever, whatever you want. Now, where did you get it from? You got it from the person who sold it to you. And where did they get it from? They got it from the person who either sold it or conveyed it to them, and you can work your way back. And here in Virginia, sometimes we trace back ownership all the way to the king's grant, from the king of England to the present-day owner. Okay? But hold on a minute. Where did the king or queen of England get that property from? They sent conquerors over here to the New World, and they settled on property which was already occupied by other people. And even after the colonial times, where did that brand-new American government get the property from? They flippin' took it from the indigenous people. They forced the humans that were already living on this continent from their own living space. They utilized force and even genocide. And after reducing the population of the indigenous people here on this continent through violence or other means, they relocated them to reservations, which was always less desirable property, by the way, while they kept the more desirable property and all the rich natural resources for themselves. So before the landowner's bar steps up on a soapbox and expresses false indignance about property rights of their clients affected by a government agency, how about considering that if you go far enough back in the chain, those property rights that they now enjoy were obtained by illegality or by force? And how about considering that those property rights were not acquired by the same rules and standards which protect the current property owners and we benefit from today. The original title was not obtained with just compensation, so be glad that we have that available to us today instead of screaming about what's my property rights, my property rights, my property rights. This is something I've wanted to get off my chest for a long time now. I'm off my soapbox, by the way. I mean, I would stand up and applaud, but I think my, my headphones would probably strangle me. Do you feel better? <laughs> Yeah, I, I magically feel a lot better getting Dave's it off property my chest. Right soliloquy. It was wonderful. I don't have any friends left or family members after that. But That's um, why you started a podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I feel like my substantive topic is probably not nearly as special now that you've done that. That was great. Well, I mean, what do you think about that? And, and listen, I don't want to intimate that property rights aren't important, and I don't want to intimate that we ought not be paying full just compensation because those are the rules that we've agreed to as a society in this day and age. Uh, I think it just kind of rings hollow to claim that something that's been around 4.5 billion years is actually mine. Well, it's kind of like if you had three kids and like the middle kid steals something from the older kid. 
And then the younger kid steals that same thing from the middle kid. The middle kid's like, it's mine. It's like, well, you stole it from your sister. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Doesn't it belong to the parents in the first place anyways? Because they're the ones who bought it. Everything belongs to the parents. Exactly. <laughs> well, and it doesn't, you know, it, did it belong to the, the folks who were already here when the new settlers came? I don't know. I don't think they even considered it theirs. I think they had a more naturalistic view of what property and land was, and they certainly respected the environment a lot more than my ancestors did. No kidding. Exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. The indigenous people that were here didn't think that anybody could own the earth. Any, nobody could own the land. So they, the, the idea of giving or conveying it to somebody else was completely foreign to them. Not even part of their vocabulary. Yeah. Now, Ross, you've had to sit in courtrooms and listen to this chest-thumping about property rights. What's your thought on the whole thing? Well, you know what I think, but it, for the other people, I think a lot of it is a co- obviously a coordinated public relations campaign to make it easier for the landowner's bar to advance their claims, which for the most part are meritorious of nothing and just designed to put more money in the attorney's pocket and not really help anybody but the attorney. Kaboom! He said meritorious. Don't hold I back don't there, Ross. I know what that means. I, I know. What does I, meritorious mean? Does anybody know? It's having merit. Oh. I can't stand when people define a word with the word. You mean it's called a... Onomatopoeia? <laughs> Not that. <laughs> Kabam! Yeah, it's, I know onomatopoeia. But which Boom! It's in, in the... <laughs> this is Batman now. Kapow! <laughs> eminent domain, the way I view it is eminent domain is only one part of the right-of-way spectrum. Okay, it's a, it's an, I've always viewed it the right-of-way process is a spectrum from start to finish, and eminent domain is at the end. It's a last resort, okay? But it also, more recently, in, our, in Ross's in my jurisdiction, has gotten so combative and unpleasant between the two sides. And I don't know that that's really necessary, and I certainly don't believe all the false rhetoric that I hear coming from some of the attorneys that represent landowners around me. Oh, absolutely not. I, I love lately hearing that installing a shared use path next to a neighborhood so that the people who live in the houses can safely recreate and push their stroller and ride bicycles and play with their children. Well, that's a terrible damage to the property. The property is ruined by that. And like, oh, or we could just drive anywhere around here where these are installed on a nice day and watch everybody out playing safely with their family. Well, they already had a street to play in. I actually ha- got this. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got this answer from a landowner's council. In real day. life. This well, they like- already had streets. I'm like, oh, so you want your children to play in the street. Well, I would never want one of these. I'm like, way to just never let the mask down or act like a human. Right. Um, it's an inconvenience for them to have to look for pedestrians when they're entering right. and leaving their property <laughs> right because they could have already walked in the street but that doesn't matter because landowner council's arguments are never bilateral it's always well it's a problem for us well what about this benefit that doesn't exist uh, right 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 it's kind of like when you when you take the front half of a, of a agricultural property and you leave them the back half of an acre and a half or even two acres and you widen the road you give them a curb cut you bring them water and sewer you, the remnant is far, far, far greater value than the original property was before the project. And they just are spitting mad because you took, quote, their, unquote, property. Yeah. Similarly, I have an argument going on that I love where it's, well, we had access anywhere on the property. I'm like, you do realize there's these things called access control regulations, right? You can't just drive onto the street anywhere you feel like it from anywhere you feel like it. Well, but it was flat. Therefore, it's tabletop access. I'm like, that's illegal. I love his um, his character. Can we name that person? You're the guy that talks like this? I mean, I don't want to actually give their name. No, it's got to be no, a fictional t- I think name. we're talking about your alter ego is what I think yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> like Ross has two personalities. He's got the voice of the landowner council inside of his head, and then he's got Ross. I only and have two. There oh, may be oh, more. There's only okay. two that are relevant to this podcast. <laughs> okay. Only two have presented themselves right. so far today. So far in the last five minutes. Okay, so that was our first substantive topic. Now we're going to go to a little bit of pop culture, and <clears throat> Ross is going to start this out. And Ross actually had a great idea. Best he had a idea. fantastic idea that we want to share with our infrastructure junkies today. So, Ross, tell them what your great idea was. If everybody else is tired of 
Billy Squire like I am. And who? Nobody's nobody's Uh, tired of Billy Squire. 50% of the people on this roundtable. Everyone. And all of our listeners. You can't use everyone and no one. You can't (laughs) use absolutes, Ross. Nobody's tired of Billy Squire. Uh Uh-huh. There are definitely people tired of Billy Squire. He can take his pack of Oreos and his wet wipes and adjourn. Like, (laughs) (laughs) damn. But one of the the key thing that this shows about everyone is that music brings people together. People everywhere enjoy music. Even if they're landowners council, you don't get along with, you find out that they like music. Now their musical taste might be terrible, but that's just a personal value judgment. Kristen is the only one in the room qualified, I think, to have any technical opinion about musical things. Everything else is just a matter of what do you like? What do they like? Do you share an overlapping like in music? And what I wanted to do was try to have everybody in infrastructure get to know each other better through music. And what do you do if you like somebody and you're really cheesy and it's an 80s movie? You know, you make them a mixtape. Well, what's the modern uh, equivalent of that? Well, you can make a free Spotify playlist. And so what we're starting today is a station on Spotify called Infrastructure Junkie Airwaves, and we've all gone through and made playlists for each one of us. So when you look at the Infrastructure Junkie Airwaves account, you search, just go on Spotify and search for Infrastructure Junkie Airwaves, and you'll see it. And you can see a playlist for each of us, for me, Dave, Carrie Lynn, Kristen, and see what we like, and what music we like. And going forward, we can have guests make their own playlists, and you can see what they like and get to know them better and interact with them better through music. And so I, I think it's a way, you know, after we've just had kind of a, divisive discussion about the combative nature of our work, the adversary nature of, of right of way. I hope Kumbaya isn't on any of these playlists, but you know, metaphorically sing Kumbaya together. I'm adding it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what we've done is each of us has created our own playlists, which uh, is searchable in Spotify, right Ross? Yeah. If you search infrastructure junkies, airwaves, and then Dave has one, Kristen has one, Carrie Lynn has one, Ross has one. I can tell you, you only need to listen to mine. You don't need to go any further than mine because mine's the best. I came up with this idea, and it's clearly mine is the best. Uh, actually, yours is second place, Ross. No, it's to not my, second mine, place. Actually, yeah. Ross's doesn't. Ross's doesn't listen, even. His, me, it doesn't even chart. No, Ross's is fantastic. It's a lot better than yours. And Carrie Lynn, I love you. It's it's even better than yours. No, it's not. It's very good. And you know what? He has a song on his playlist that I almost put on mine, and I had to cut it down a little bit, so I cut it, and it's. Birdhouse in Your Soul by They Might Be Giants. I didn't know that anybody even knew that song. I can sing every single word, and we're doing that later, Ross. It's the right. best song, and you have it on your playlist, so automatically you are second place. No, to, no, to no. my Dave, first place. Dave is in second place. Well, me, Dave is uh, definitely in second place. All right, place. hold on. Wait, who I'm the only first place. You, Starland Vocal absolute, Band? Yes, yes. Starland Vocal Band. Okay, so Carrie Lynn has Afternoon Delight. I've got Ice Ice Baby. I've got some Billy Squire. I've got Van Halen. I've got Berlin. I've got a little Jay-Z and Rihanna, Beastie Boys, Billy Joel, Nirvana, Who has Bob Sinatra? Seger. Seger, excuse me. Seger. Seger. <laughs> Bob Seger. Seger. Some R.E.M., ACDC, Mellencamp. Come on, guys. Do you know None of y'all can beat that. There has been music that came out like in the last 20 years. Did you know that? going to say. They still put music out today. Yeah, they, it, it, Dave's music taste stopped in like 1999 at the latest, I think. Well, that might yeah. be true, but none of y'all got Public Enemy. Um, no, but I'm going to tell you, Ross has a very, very good playlist. In, in addition to they, may, they Might Be Giants, he's got some Ryan Adams, which he got himself in a little trouble, but he writes some really good songs. Hey, yeah, I mean, he may have gotten himself canceled, but I'm he's not. Got, you have Sturgill Simpson. I had Sturgill Simpson, but the song I picked was very inappropriate and a little off yeah. off color, so I didn't put it on there. But he's got the Wallflowers, great, a little Grateful Dead, some Hosier. Like, d- listen, Dave and Carrie Lynn, really good effort. Really, really good effort. But Ross, you're up there. I mean, does anybody want to talk about my playlist? Not really. Uh, I don't I don't I don't even understand. Listen, it. let me tell you about Kristen's musical taste. They start with Radiohead and end with opera. Okay. Kristen Bennett one time a while back sent me she loves Radiohead and nobody understands that because Radiohead is so depressing. So she sent me <laughs> she sent me a Radiohead playlist and said, Hey look, Dave, if you want to enhance your look, why don't you listen to some Radiohead? So I played that. <laughs> and I was so flipping depressed after listening to her Radiohead playlist that I had to break into the local pharmacy, steal <laughs> steal some Prozac, stole Prozac, 
And now I'm a convicted felon because Kristen likes Radiohead. That's news to me. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> might affect our business practices. Just a little. Hey, I do I do want to tell you, for Afternoon Delight, if, if you have a minute, you need to uh, go on YouTube and watch One Direction and Will Ferrell sing Afternoon Delight on Saturday Night Live. Oh, I am all over that. That oh, sounds great. It is absolutely spectacular. My dad loves that song. True story. Huh. He will like your playlist. I, I very much. love that song too. Okay, yeah. Kristen's is definitely probably the most eclectic. I mean, there's. I'm gonna have to. I've been. I mean, it's Spotify, so you play it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to go through all these. And I mean, but, it's eclectic. It is a bit eclectic, but that's my. Th- those are those are my jams. You've got some Leon Bridges on there, don't you? Tyler yeah. Childers. You've and I've got, got some, some good, good like mid '90s stuff, like the Toadies. There's no good Weezer, stuff from the mid '90s. Um, Sublime. What? Oh. What, per- what? Pearl Jam? I'm sorry. Excuse yeah, me. Wait, Excuse that, you. That Pearl Jam started before the mid-90s, so they don't count. <laughs> oh, oh, so progressing linearly through time is no longer a thing. You that do, is not a thing. You no, do have not. Dance of the Clairvoyance, which is one of my favorite songs of all times. I do. So I'll give so you that. You do need to listen to Vacation by Dirty Heads because it does talk about how every day is a vacation when you love your occupation. Oh, well, that's lovely. Yes. I don't know that song, but I'm See? so going to listen to it. You have Umbrella by Rihanna, and personally, my favorite Rihanna is Shy Ronnie, too. So if you haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> he really I'm pictured so them so naked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm familiar. I'm familiar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's move on to the next topic of substance. Carrie Lynn, what's your topic? So if every four years... Uh, there is a report card issued that is called America's Infrastructure Report Card. Um, and 2021, our new report card came out. Would you like to know what grade we got? Oh, boy. Yee. And we is the United States? We, yes, it's America's Infrastructure Report Card. Okay. Uh, yeah. All of America. All of America. All America. I would love to hear it. I'm a little uh, nervous. Yeah. So we received a C minus. C's get degrees. Is that that applicable here? Now, here's the thing. In 2017 and in 2013, we got a D plus. So we're actually improving. You sound like a college kid trying to justify their GPA to their parents. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, is this on a curve? How many people were in this class? Like, who else got a report card? Um, So they and they also do it by state. Kristen, Texas did get a C. Okay. All right. Virginia got a C minus. What? So um, at any rate, this report card kind of breaks it down by all different areas of infrastructure. And so we couldn't talk about every last one of them. So I talked about, I want to talk a little bit about the one that I think is probably extremely significant to every person on the planet. And that is our clean water source, our drinking water. That is fairly important. Yes. So I, I, I get a lot from some very ultra liberal people about how right of way and infrastructure just has to be bad because it's all just greedy corporate folks trying to make more money sure. when that's really not how it works at all. And we rely on our infrastructure for things like, Oh, clean water to keep us alive. <laughs> fairly important. Yes. So, did you know that the average American person uses 82 gallons of water a day? Which that seems very, very a high day. To me. Yeah, that seems high to me. I'm assuming that's washing your car, showering. I don't drink dishes. enough water, but I mean, 82 yeah. gallons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there are 2.2 million miles of underground water pipes in America. Say that again. How many? 2.2 million miles. of water pipes underground and 40 percent of those systems those pipes underground are more than 50 years old so we're constantly having leaks and breakages like sinkholes right yes yes so there's a water main break in america every two minutes and we lose six billion gallons of water a day a day? A day. We lose 6 billion gallons of treated water every day, enough to fill 9,000 swimming pools. So our systems are aged, and they're, they're breaking down, and there's leaks everywhere, and we um, are not really putting enough money into the water infrastructure to um, improve this. Well, can, can I interject right here and yes. put a little plug for our industry? There, yes. A number of years ago... 
uh, and I know Ross and I had this conversation in the 2000s, where I felt like my eminent domain practice was growing. And at that point, it, w- it was confined to just eminent domain. It was growing, and I needed to make a decision. And one of the things that Ross and I talked through was the American infrastructure system, right? And how it was basically crumbling. And not only did we need new infrastructure, we needed to take care of the infrastructure which we already had. Exactly. And and so Ross was a much younger attorney then, and I was too, for that matter. And what we concluded was, I think that if we get into American infrastructure, we might always have a job. Always. Because we got to have it. So you young people, if there's young people out there, or people who are listening who have teenage kids or college kids or kids in their early 20s who are looking for a career, man, this ain't going away. This is going to be here to stay, and we always have to come up with money for our infrastructure system or our society will cease to exist. Exactly, exactly. It's interesting that you brought that up because one of the pieces about the water industry is that one of the concerns about you know, shoring up our infrastructure and making new infrastructure is that the people who are skilled in water are mostly all older and who are retiring. They are saying that like 15% of the people who work in that industry are um, going to be retired within the next 10 years. Oh, and, wow. And we don't have people to take their places. And the EPA estimated that we will need $384 billion by 2031 in order to like fix this problem. And half of that is just for new infrastructure. Now, the good news is, and there is good news, that in the last five years, we've reduced our water usage by 3%, even with a 4% increase in population. So our conservation efforts are helping. But as far as our infrastructure is concerned, I mean, this is a, a significant issue that we're facing. And it's not corporate greed. This is how do we, you know, have clean, fresh water to keep ourselves going so do they attribute this decrease in usage to like the public the the campaigns to like hey turn off your water while you're brushing your teeth or don't you know go water your sidewalk or whatever exactly conservation efforts yeah um, limits well that's that's so fascinating and i think people don't think of water as a finite resource but it is clean water is absolutely right now we have a an adequate water supply but if we don't you know, fix the infrastructure that's already existing, you know, that's not necessarily going to be the case in the next 15 to 20 years. And then it's because it's a catastrophe. Where, where was it recently where they were, they were like at the very end of their water supply? I don't know. No, there was some, was it, I don't even know if it was in America or overseas where there was like a place where the, they were like at the very, very bottom of the water supply and they, they ran out of water like two years ago. Well, it's a real, it's a real thing. And it's terrifying. It's terrifying because we take it for granted most of us in America take it for granted. Other countries do not, but we do. We sure do. I don't take it for granted. I have a well. I, I do too, I Ross. I maintain my own water infrastructure. Yeah, I do too. And you know what? Like I'm on uh, like the Paluxy Aquifer or whatever. And I talked to a guy not, pretty recently who was messing with my well. And he was like, that, that the levels only ever go down. It's not like it rains a bunch and it goes back up. Like at some point that will dry up and then I'll have to like pay a gazillion dollars to go to the next aquifer down. It's terrifying. All right. Well, daggone, Carrie Lynn. That was great. Knocked it um, out of the park. Good fascinating. One. Let's follow it up with Kristen's idea of a good pop culture discussion. Okay. Well, I have a complaint. Of course um, you do. And I would like I would like someone to tell me who to contact at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because they are out of control. Okay. This year, the inductees <clears throat> for, again, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame include Tina Turner. Okay. Carol King. Okay. Now I'm good I mean, with green yeah. light. Green light on okay. that one. Okay. Yeah, I'm good with. I love Carol King. The Go Go's. Oh no. Oh, hold on. Wait, wait. All right. But they got the beat. They got the beat, man. Jay Z. Now listen, I love Jay Z. He's on my infrastructure junkie airways playlist. Jay Z, rock and roll. Yeah. Tina Turner, rock and roll. I'm just, I'm questioning this a bit now. I mean, Tina Turner. I'll, I'll give it to Tina. I mean, that's. I that, mean, that I, that fits uh, within the confines. I mean, rock and roll is not a. You know what? I'll, okay. There's a broad definition there, but I hear what you're saying. I will put Tina Turner and Carol King in that category, and they can be in. Okay, the Go Go's aren't good enough. Full stop. No. They weren't That's good correct. enough when they came out, and they're not good enough now, and they haven't contributed enough to the industry. Jay Z, I don't think is a rock and roll guy. The Foo Fighters, and let me tell you, I love me some Foo's. I love Dave Grohl, and Dave loves it when you say "love me." I love me some Foo Fighters. Yeah. I mean, they've been carrying the torch. For years for rock and roll, even when everybody's like, rock's dead, it's a desert. I mean, they've been just soldiering on for rock and roll for a long time. 
I mean, I don't yeah. have a problem with that. And every single song that they write is meant to be like performed in a stadium as like an anthem. So like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm questioning the Foo Fighters. Then we got Todd Rundgren. I didn't. I didn't know who this was. I had to look him up. You know what Todd Rundgren did? He banged yeah, on the drum all day. I yeah, I don't want to work. Come on, guys. That guy. And then okay, apparently he has a bunch of like producer credits and things like that. I'm just questioning this. But here's the bigger problem. This was the year 2021. We have one, two, three, four, five, six inductees into the Hall of Fame. All right. Last year, five or six inductees. The year before, five or six inductees. They need to calm down. Why don't we do five or six inductees like every 10 years? Because you know what that tells me? They think that every single year there are five or six new artists that are someday going to be worthy of being in the Hall of Fame. Who is that now? Who are the new artists coming out right now that in the year 2042 are going to be the inductees? I love the charity of your reasoning there. It's instead of... No, in order to stay relevant and drive ticket sales and attendance to their museum, they have to put out a list to have people discuss it every year because if they didn't, everybody would forget it exists. Okay, no, they wouldn't because you know what? I've been to the Country Music Hall of Fame twice in Nashville. You got if you got to want it to win it to get in there. Those are people like Dolly Parton. Like, is anybody going to debate whether Dolly Parton gets to? You know who's not in the Hall does, of Fame at the Country Dolly Music Parton Hall of Fame? Sing music? Wait, yeah. move I only know for Hold on. Like- <laughs> Do you know who is not in the Hall of Fame? The Country Music Hall of Fame. Jason Aldean. You know why? Because he sucks. you got to be really good to be in the Country Music Hall of Fame. That's the Country Music Hall of Fame. Right. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is come one, come all, and you don't have to be that good, and you don't have to have put out very much good stuff. Oh, and we're going to put give five or six people. Pretty much. Okay. You know who didn't get in this year? Rage Against the Machine. What? Wait. Calm like a bomb, baby. And oh. Iron Maiden, but I don't care about Iron they Maiden. They got one song. Iron Maiden. Yeah, Rage Against the Machine, though. Multiple oh, albums, yeah. multiple uh, multiple songs. One of the best guitarists of all time. Tom Morello. Yeah, like Rage Against the Machine has a spot there for me. Okay. How what? are you going to give it to the Bangles and not Rage Against the Machine? The Bangles uh, the aren't Go-Go's. in the... The Go-Go's. Whatever. The same Bangles, thing. Yeah, the... they are the same. They are... No, the it's... Bangles are better than the Go-Go's. They a lot... are. Susanna Hoffs was hot. I never thought Belinda Carlisle We don't look at how they look if you get in the Hall of Fame. What is wrong with you? Of course we do. No. What? Oh, no. Really? Really? Todd Rundgren? I don't even know what he looks like. I, I, I was going to say, I mean, what's his name? The, who was it? The bass player from ELO that you accused me of being the guy that looks like Bubbles? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even know what you speak so, of. But my point is, if we're putting five or six people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame every year, apparently the rules are you don't even have to be good, you don't have to have contributed that much to the industry, and you don't even have to be rock and roll. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should be the Stones, the Beatles, the Who, maybe the Kings, Pearl Springsteen. Jam. I'll give it to Pearl Jam. I think Nirvana is in. I don't really know why they had two albums. How do you get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with two albums? Because it's not necessarily it's quality, not quantity. Or if somebody's revolutionizing the music industry, did, did Nirvana really revolutionize anything? You know what they did? They took punk music and gave it a melody. That's what Nirvana did. Who did that before them? Nobody. Exactly. So they did revolutionize. But it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> So if it's the hall, so so then so in that case, why down. are the go? Yeah, we're watering it down. Look, Basically, if you are a recording artist and you exist you and you breathe enough. air, you get to be in the hall of fame. Well, then they might have to build another one. Is and be like the room? hall of fame of the hall of fame. Yeah. So then you can. It would be have like, more than one location. It would be like the infrastructure junkies hall of fame. It'd be like really prestigious, so prestigious that you have to say prestigious, right? Prestigious. <laughs> prestigious. Well, Kristen, I take your point. I agree with I agree with your point, and the Go Go's have no place in the Hall of Fame. They were a novelty when they came out; they remain a novelty. And Todd Rundgren, even bigger head scratcher. Wait, is Devo in there? They Devo, should be. Devo was a nominee this year. <laughs> True story. Really? Devo it. was a nominee this year that did not get enough votes to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And you know what? When Devo's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we're done. Just call it, I was a recording artist one time. Yeah, pretty much. All right, all right. That was that was a pretty good discussion, Kristen. You, you brought it. You brought Thank your you. A game. So um, we're going to switch back to some substance. Ross, it's your turn. Do you have something substantive you would like to speak of? Not really, but <laughs> if you losers are not watching Yellowstone, you need to because it's the best show currently on television. And it has a very direct right of way to tie in in that the show starts with an eminent domain case and then there's a bunch more eminent domain throughout the show now the interesting part and what i'm getting at is the portrayal of eminent domain in the media which i mean it's pure conspiracy theory but i suspect it's somehow directed by the owners council of america um, you, <laughs> of course you definitely don't generally see positive representations 
of the eminent domain process in the media. And so in Yellowstone, not too many spoilers, in the first episode you see a not unreasonable representation of, uh, of an eminent domain case. And then later in the show, things start to just get completely off the rails in a more sensationalized modern news view of how eminent domain occurs, which is really not at all how it occurs. <laughs> um, you know, in this conception that, well, if they come to you with eminent domain, you better take the offer because somehow, the you know, they can use some evil government magic to make it so that you get paid less than you should in the court. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, what kind of just absurd urban myth lie is being portrayed here that somehow you're not going to get just compensation in the court system. I mean, it's just nonsense, like just propagated by landowners' attorneys and I guess people who don't know better to just make it seem like something it's absolutely not. For a different show that contains uh, representation of Evans Bain that's um, still somewhat sensationalized, but a different viewpoint and a great show. You can go uh, watch Boardwalk Empire. Hell yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that. Was a that great show. Yes. Yeah. I never saw oh, it. Oh, man. go watch Start it to finish. Okay. Start to finish. Yeah, Gosh. Amazing show. Just absolutely worth watching in its own right. But you definitely see some uh, fascinating representations of the creation of the highway system in New Jersey and how people oh. did some things yeah. there as far as eminent domain. And you see that it's the landowner isn't always the uh, the victim. There's a whole lot of oh, let's make sure to get in the way of the project. Uh, <laughs> right. We still see that even these days. Well, you're so right though, Ross. It's always portrayed like when you watch a movie that has any kind of element about eminent domain. It's probably like a doctor watching Grey's Anatomy, and they're like, oh my gosh, you would never do that with an LVAT or whatever. <laughs> Even though you guys know, I think I could do a tracheotomy because I've watched, or I could like intubate somebody because of Grey's Anatomy. But you know, doctors probably watch that and they're like, oh brother. But watching eminent domain stuff sometimes makes you crazy. And I just recently, for the first time ever, watched the Little Pink House movie, which is great. It's a great movie. It's an okay movie. It's a movie. But <laughs> they have a scene where the lady that plays Suzette Kilo is like running through the yard screaming and they're like bulldozing this house and she's like, they're tearing the house down and they're, she's freaking out and screaming. There's like a wrecking ball and a bulldozer and everybody's crying. It's like they make it look like literally the family lived there and somebody dragged them out of the house kicking and screaming. They started knocking the house down before they owned it. And I'm like, this is so unfair. This is so unfair and ridiculous. And I know there are always projects where things go haywire and maybe sometimes people don't get appropriately taken care of. However... I've never seen an instance where people drag somebody out of their house and knock it down before they own it. Like, come on. Yeah, it's it's just not a thing. And I have yet to see a fully accurate representation of the eminent domain process in any sort of media. I mean, now, admittedly, it's yeah, medicine's a good example. Like, sure, I can cure a pneumothorax by stabbing somebody with a knife and like stuffing a McDonald's straw in their chest. What is a pneumothorax? Is that like a is that like a Dr. Seuss character? It's when you have a Am I messing this up? Isn't this the one where you have a collapsed lung and you see it in the in the television movies where they take like a tube of some oh, kind and, and they, they shove it yeah, in somebody's to chest? To like open up the lungs yeah, again? That, yeah, yeah. No. I didn't know what that word was, and I think you know that. I think it was Horton Hears a Pneumothorax. <laughs> <laughs> I've also never once been to any hospital or medical facility with people that look like they look on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, there's Just no, never, no doctors look like McSteamy or McDreamy. Never, not once. Yeah. Well, but I, I do have a question, Ross. For those uh, losers who might be listening, where exactly? Oh, is... I meant the people in the room, not the people listening. <laughs> okay, I was like, no, no. Where, where would we, where would we be able to watch Yellowstone? On what network? On what stream? Is, is it, it streaming, streaming on something? Or where would we yeah. watch it? It streams online. You can watch it on Amazon. You can watch it on. Um, I think it actually is native to something like the Paramount Network. Okay. Yeah, and they have their a new streaming service. I think. Yeah. And that, that when you were talking, I really felt like I was transported back to my extended family and I was just sitting at the dinner table talking about how, you know, we come and steal everything from people and it's all bad and it's all evil all the time. Yeah, I mean, aside from the misrepresentation of eminent domain, that show is amazing. Like Kevin Costner in a television show 
Like in the West, the scenery is perfect. And the other day they put in a plug, direct plug for like Sturgill Simpson and Filson in the same <gasps> episode. And I was like, I feel oh. terribly oh, called out. Kristen I'm like, now. are you Hello. like just... I'm in. Like, you said Sturgill Simpson. I'm in. Yeah. I was like, okay. What, is that some sort of new drink? No, it's on. <laughs> Check out Ross's really good second place oh, playlist. okay, okay, okay. Well, uh, and interesting. I mean, this isn't our next pop culture discussion, but we could have an entire episode about Kevin Costner and what a terrible actor he is. Oh, get off me. What? All right, no. Listen. Yeah, he's awful. He's a terrible actor. I, I gotta... Go watch the show. Well, he maybe he got better, but like in Dances with Wolves, Tatonka. which was- Tatonka. 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 It's the, never no. mind. What? Watch Dances with Have you even seen the movie? What is going Wherever on? you're making it's references the to the movie you're talking Tatonka. junk like, about, yes. you can't That even. movie came out when I was in law school. So you admit that you've like forgotten three. what is in the movie that you're complaining about. I know he was a bad actor. He was always a bad actor. I never watched Did it. Did you see The Bodyguard? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the I rest my case. Wait, I bet they... Because Whitney Houston was great. I love The Bodyguard. Carolina. I will watch it right now. I'll watch it tomorrow. I'll watch it yesterday. I love The Bodyguard. And one of the songs on my playlist is Josh Weathers singing I Will Always Love You. Which is a better version, too. It is a better version. It's yeah. No, it's not. Nobody's better than Whitney. Like Nobody's better than Whitney. No, it was okay. I liked when he threw the knife. No, he doesn't throw a knife. He throws a scarf and cuts it with the knife. He doesn't, oh, oh, when he throws the knife. At the head. Yeah, he does that, too. There's a lot of knives, apparently. I like it when he throws the knife. Oh, when he throws the knife? This is an excellent synopsis of this movie. He pulls the scarf off of her and throws it and then cuts it with his samurai sword. Listen, the next topic of pop culture is not Kevin Costner. Apparently, we need to continue Um, this little debate. The point was not whether or not Kevin Costner is a good actor, which is heresy to say he's a bad actor. Oh, my Um, God. My parents are going to love you, Ross, because you know what? They're obsessed with Kevin Costner. It's like a thing in my family. My brother and I laugh about it. Like... Kevin Costner movie comes on TV or is out, and they're like, it's the best movie ever. Full stop. They like The Postman. I love The Postman. How about Waterworld? Anybody yeah. like that? Yep. My no. parents. No. Me. What? Ross likes it. Okay. I like The Bodyguard. Hey. Didn't Move he do on. the baseball movie, too? Oh, yeah. Uh, Field of Dreams. Field oh, of my Dreams. God. Worst the... movie Are you are ever. not a man. Excuse me. Which baseball movie? Field of Dreams? Bull Durham? Which one? Isn't there another one for yeah, Love of the Game? Yeah, he was in Bull. Is he in For Love of the Game? Yeah, he was in a bunch of them because he... Yeah, he's... And they're awesome. Those are good movies. Explain to me how Field of Dreams is a good movie. (gasps) It was... The acting was awful. If you build it. They will come. No, it's Uh not they. It's he. Oh, okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to clear a cornfield and we're going to do it. And these, like, ghosts are going to come play baseball here. (laughs) (laughs) So Dave doesn't like the American pastime is what we're hearing. I love baseball. Dave hates America is what I'm hearing. Oh, my God. Gosh. There's a difference between not liking baseball I'm, and not liking baseball movies. I'm going to wrap myself in the American flag and have a bald eagle fly <laughs> overhead. <laughs> Can we move on? Yeah. Okay, well, you know what? Well, I we, had a different pop culture discussion, uh, which was going to be country music, but I think we've covered a, we've covered with Kevin Costner, and so we'll just move on to the next substantive issue, unless you all object. No, hey, what, I want to hear you were what, you were going to talk about outlaw country, right? Yeah, yeah. My my pop culture discussion was going to be about outlaw country, which I love, 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 love. Outwardly, I don't celebrate country music, and I never have. But when I was a young teen, my dad got me onto Willie Nelson, who was part of the outlaw country movement with Waylon Jennings. And oh my God, to this day, I revere Waylon Jennings and their predecessors, Hank, Charlie Pride. Johnny Cash. I love Johnny Cash. And that is real country music. And like my daughter is into country. And so she'll send me something from Florida, Georgia line or something. Bro country. Get out of here with the bro country. Just get that away from me. And and I can't I can't deal. I'm like, this is not country. So she came to visit me and we went to the beach recently. She's 19 and a half. And so she put on, she says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on some music. I'm going to listen to country. And so she put it on her bro country for a while. And I said, okay, honey, we listened to yours for an hour. Then I put on Waylon Jennings. Did she like it? <laughs> I don't know. I think she was being polite. I don't know. I don't know. There's no rapping with Waylon Jennings, you know? If there's rap in it, though, it's not country music. But you might get in the country, you might get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with it. You never <laughs> but, know. But here's the thing about Texas Outlaw Country is that it was the real deal. Those guys were living it, right? At least I think they were living it. It's kind of like great rock and roll. The great rock and roll bands were living exactly what they were singing about, like Guns and Roses. They were lost living in the same room, passing around the same drugs, riding in the same car, trying to get a gig at Whiskey A Go-Go, right? They were living that thing. And I at least get the sense that the outlaw country movement was kind of the same thing, you know, 
they were the original F the police. Yeah, and you know, for years I thought uh, people would do like country music, and I'm like, ugh, no, because I didn't like modern country music. Oh, yeah. But I love I love Texas Outlaw, and I also like, there's a whole new generation of country music singers who are not bro country, like Tyler Childers. Love yeah. Tyler uh, Childers. Sean McConnell, I don't know if you guys know him, and Grady who's that guy Spencer. From, who's the guy from uh, Con- Eastern Kentucky? That's Tyler Childers. Is that Childers. Tyler Childers? Okay. And Grady Spencer, I got a lot of this on my playlist, by the way, and I'm... I'm all in. Like, if that's country music and Texas Outlaw Country is country music, I'm in. If Jason Aldean and Florida Georgia Line and their cohorts is country music, I'm out. Well, that to me is more just like pop music with a southern accent. Yeah. And that doesn't make it country. <laughs> well, to back it up, just because it contains rap doesn't mean it's not necessarily country. I mean, see Cowboy Troy and some appearances with uh, Big and Rich. Big and Rich. Oh, my gosh. No. Yes. <laughs> Just no. Yes. Like if you're like and like Toby Keith and stuff like I. How can America? How can you not like Toby Keith? I All cannot. Right. What do you guys think of Dirks? He's coming to Virginia Beach this summer. What do you think? Okay. At first, I thought Dirks was a bro country dude, and I was like, eh. oh no. And but I, listen, there's a couple of songs I kind of like. Yeah, I I, I really liked uh, his earlier stuff, but. He's from Arizona. Can you be from Arizona and be a good... So you think that you have to be from Texas or at least somewhere in the South to sing country music? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's well, to be like, I'm Southwest. from Detroit and I'm a country music singer, it's, partner. You, 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 <laughs> you can't, no, it's, you don't get an admission into country or band from it because of your location Name of origin. Name a good country music singer from like... From New York City. Name the one. North, New York the North City? West. We'll wait. Northwest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm not editing out this pause because I don't her know. point is good. It's already been 15 <laughs> minutes and we're still I waiting. I don't know anything about the Northwest for the most part. I went to Portland one and it Portland once and it tried to kill me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's it did. A good point. <laughs> okay. <Don't> go back. <laughs> so what about what what about the great country singers from like you said from Detroit, man, from Motown, all those Motown country singers, right? He's googling. He's googling. He's googling. <laughs> He's googling. <laughs> all right, I'm researching. Yes, I am. He's gonna Google and still lose. No, I'm not. We'll wait. I swear, there's got to be. Some I'm not editing out this pause, by the way. Okay. It's like Eminem. <laughs> Eminem. Is that count as country music? No. This isn't even logic at this point. No, Eminem is not country music. I know, but that's all I can think of. From, <laughs> from Detroit? No, Kid Rock's from Detroit. He is? So is Bob Seger. So is like Bachman Turner Overdrive or one of those bands. It's the birthplace of no, Motown, dude. The, isn't Journey from Detroit? I don't know. Okay, that, let's... Wait, that no, might be a thing, but so. why does... Again, none of these are country acts. That's because nobody that sings country music is from Detroit or the Northwest or, or New York City. Or Canada. But I could go with Arizona because that's at least the Southwest. It's West. A, it's a hippy dippy Southwest. Oh, okay. What about Graham Parsons? Who? I don't know what that means. No, no. You don't Ross. know who Graham Parsons no, is. No, no. Should I? Mm-mm. I yes. feel like I should. The Mm-mm. way you're looking at me. Okay, right now. this is getting edited out. We're going on to <laughs> the looking, next substantive topic, Ms. Bennett. What oh. you got? Oh, I got it. Okay, so here's my topic. When we first started this podcast. Dave, you and I had a conversation about having a right-of-way eminent domain podcast. And I believe you said, don't you think we'll run out of topics at some point? I think that was Ross that said that. Yeah, it might have been you, Ross. It might have been you that said it. I think we'll, we're going to run out of topics at some point. Yeah, but, you know, I'm a pessimist. That probably came out of my mouth. Yeah, and we're never going to run out of topics. And I have some really... You um, said never. <laughs> never. Uh, it's um, an absolute. Nope. I'm going to say it. Never. Eminent domain. Carrie Lynn said eminent domain will go on forever as long as humans exist on this earth. Infrastructure development will be a thing we will never run out of topics there's probably infrastructure issues we don't even know exist yet that we're going to be talking about in 15 years now listen true the second half of season two is coming up fairly quickly and we have some episodes that we need to produce so i had some ideas for topics and i want to know what you guys think about these do you think these are good is this a go is this a bad idea are there people that we need to contact that can help us with these episodes so here are my thoughts okay number one i've wanted to do this episode since the beginning and it's been poo-pooed a couple times by some of you Trees. I want to talk about trees. It was not poo-pooed by me. Not me. That's right, uh-uh, Carolyn. That's me. right. High five. I'm supportive of Thank the trees. You. Yes. Okay. I'm like the Lorax. And you might think, well, what would we talk about with trees? Are you kidding me? Like, what's the value of a tree? I just heard a fascinating story from my friend Krista about a tree that was like growing in the right of way that was called the Noel tree. And they decorated it and they fought for it. And these 
they, they, it was supposed to be taken down because of this project and then it, it wasn't and they saved the tree and then somebody messed up and the tree got taken down anyway and it like almost put this project to a halt. That's one tree and one project and one right of way. Think about how many times we talk about trees and appraisals and like our, and, and, and landowners are, well, that's a live oak. It's worth $40 million. And you're like, what well, is it? I think trees are fascinating and tree, we talk about trees all the time. Do y'all want to do a trees episode? Yes. See, Carrie Ross. I got an idea. We're going to do a trees episode. Yeah. Okay. Trees. Okay. Write it down. We're doing a trees episode. Also, we've got to do Revenge of the Appraisers. Yeah, preach, sister. Yes, we do. Listen, we did an episode in season one, and it was kind of Wayne's World themed. Yeah. And it was about appraisals. <laughs> and we, as non-appraisers, kind of waxed poetic about appraisals and appraisers. Ross had some opinions. <laughs> and Chicken sacrificing voodoo? Is, yeah, does that come to mind? And I have a lot of friends who are appraisers that didn't really love that episode. I think, well, we had a huge download count, so apparently they did. <laughs> no, I think people people love to hate us on that episode because, you know what? We didn't have an appraiser on to talk about appraisals, so it's time. We need to hear from our appraiser friends. We're going to do Revenge of the Appraisers. They can counterpunch Ross's snake oil voodoo magic. Come at me, appraisers. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be a celebrity death match. It is going to be a celebrity wait. death match. So I want to do Revenge of the Appraisers. Here's another topic really important to me and to, I think, all of us in this room, women in right-of-way. I want to talk about women in right-of-way and what that looks like today versus 20 years ago and what it will look like 20 years from today. And I happen to be a woman in right-of-way, so that's very near and dear to my heart. Negotiations. I'd like to do an in-depth episode about negotiations. I'd like to do an episode about title and title well, issues. Hold on. I'm going to go back to negotiations okay. because we talked to our friend Patrick McAllister about that uh, when we were in New Orleans. And I would, gosh, I would love to hear from some landowners in that episode. Like get Ooh. their perspective of how they felt they were treated, whether they thought it was fair, what they thought of the process, and what they thought of the result. Fabulous idea. And yeah. Patrick, call us. Also want to talk about title and title issues. And then here's another one. Do you guys remember we did the Texas Power Grid episode with Krista Castaneda? It was very timely. Yeah. And it was like a big, urgent issue. I was really excited to have that episode out. Right now, I'm interested in doing something about the Colonial Pipeline attack and what's going on right now in Virginia where nobody, there's good luck getting gas. I don't know how anybody's getting home because you can't buy gasoline here in Virginia right now. So I'd love to do an episode on that. Now, Here's why I bring this up as my substantive topic. Number one, listeners, we want to hear from you. Do you have ideas? Do you have people that you think we should talk to about these or other issues? We want to hear from you. So find us, slide into our DMs, and let us know what you think. Oh, God. What? Slide into What? Investors, maybe you. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. That was a stepbrothers poll. Good job, Ross. So what do you think? Anybody else have ideas? We definitely want to hear everybody else's ideas. That's for sure. Definitely. Or if any listeners want to be on the podcast just because they want to be on it, let us know. We might be able to make that happen. Yeah, you got a good story. What's on your story? Yeah, you can make a playlist and we'll make fun of it. (laughs) (laughs) How much fun would it be to hang out with the Pendulum Land podcast crew? I mean, who doesn't want to hang out with me, right? Exactly. We need to be careful because you're going to be inundated with requests now. Great. Inundated. So inundated that you have to say inundated. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Kristen, that was a great substantive discussion, and I agree with every single one of those topics. I hope we have a chance to do all of them, and we have a few more in the works. Well, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I really do want to say thank you to our listeners, and thank you to the people that follow us on social media and that interact with us. You guys have given us some really, really good ideas, and we could not do this without you. So thank you for that. Keep sending us Uh, your great ideas, and your ideas for speakers, topics, what have you. Yes, and keep following us on socials. So, last discussion of pop culture. Last but not least, Carrie Lynn. Okay. What you got? I got a trivia question for you. Ooh, I Uh, love trivia. What was the first YouTube video to reach 1 billion, with a B, Views. Oh, I know this. I know oh, this. Which one? Which one? What was it? But I don't remember. It was stupid. Like, it was like something ice ice babyish. I don't know. Taylor I am Swift. Not a cat. No, no, no. no. Oh my God, a Carrie billion? Lynn. Is it Taylor Swift? No. No, no, no. It was something. Oh, oh, oh. Was the, it the, the, guy Numa Numa the guy from yes! Korea. The guy from Korea. Oh, yes, Gangnam, Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Yes. yes. My kids watched that 173,000 times, so we helped. <laughs> well, I helped get it to a billion. Me too. Well, <laughs> it, it, it. It capped out at over three billion. Oh, oh my, oh my gosh. gosh! It was, but Oop it was Gangnam Style. 
They got a picture of the guy sitting on the can. Side. His name <laughs> like is counting Cy. his Cy. money sitting on the can. So at any rate, he was the first. That was that was back in 2012. And so the thing I wanted to talk about is this tra- this massive influx in the past few years of K-pop into our popular culture. What's that? What? I know. My kids are into it. Te- yes. Explain it to Dave because he's okay. got a bewildered right. look on his face. So K-pop <laughs> is Korean pop u- music. Now, okay. so I didn't know if it was just in my household, but apparently it's not. So my, my daughter lived in Korea for a year. And so I thought, well, she kind of brought a lot of that back. But no, that's not it. It is super, super popular here in America these days. And so I was like, well, why is it so popular here? And it's most interesting to me when I was kind of looking at these K-pop bands and how they form, this is like, I mean, there is a very orchestrated, calculated organization to this, these bands. These, these kids don't, they're not, you know, Nickelback's, I want to be a rock star. What's wrong with Nickelback? Everything. Everything. (laughs) So don't disrespect Nickelback. They don't wake up and say, oh, I want to be a rock star. I mean, they start training these kids young. I mean, they have to go, they say they train them for a minimum of three to five years before they're allowed to record their first song. This sounds like Soviet like, Russian Olympic athletes. Or like NSYNC. Like, wasn't NSYNC like a, a Frankenstein band where like producers just like pulled these kids and threw them all together? Or am I thinking of like 98 Degrees or, or Backstreet Boys or something? It, it could, it, any of them, probably. It's that same model, though. It, like, it's, it's like, the, B, yes. is it BTS? Yes, BTS and is one of the most popular ones. So, so these... So they all are trained to sing, they're all trained to act, they're all trained to dance, and they can they choreograph so well. And a lot of them are models, so they're like these fashion trendsetters, so they deliberately make them be like glitzy and glamorous. And they're coming to America and going around the world, um, you know, is very, very calculated. Like they're doing this on purpose. So when they record their songs, so one thing over, over there is that they're um, not quite as arrogant as Americans. Like, we, we only will no. learn English. No one is. <laughs> so they're, like, all Koreans are taught English from as, as a small child. So they release these songs in English and in, Kore- in Korean, and they blend them together. And then they have the real catchy lyrics that get in your head. And um, they're young, and they're pretty, and so they get all the young kids to like them, oh, make them popular. Okay. But, like, to the point that – so Korea, South Korea still has conscription where they have required military service. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so they have yeah. – so, so young men between the ages of 18 and 28 are still required to do 18 months of military service right. somewhere in there. You, you can't get out of it. Right. Well, BTS was set for their first American tour, and one of their guys was – getting up there towards 28 so they changed the law to extend <laughs> what is that real <laughs> yes they changed the 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 age and put it up to like 30 so he oh. would have time to do his american okay. that's tour. awful even elvis went into the army okay <laughs> you know even thing? elvis went he in the army get, he can't get out of it they just gave him some extra time to do it this is i am so glad you brought this up because i've been a little i have daughters that are you know 12 and 9 and so the Grammys came on this year and mm-hmm. I used to love to watch the Grammys with the kids. Loved it. And this year it was like basically at moments like pornographic. I'm like, Oh, look away. Oh my God. I can't believe this is on like network television. But at the very end of the Grammys, BTS came out and they did their song. I think it's called dynamite. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I've never been into K-pop, never got it. I just thought it was like some boy band thing. Didn't pay attention. They were so adorable. They were so coordinated. Yes. Their, their choreography and their singing yes. was um, like, I was like, I, I think I like K-pop. And also I thought, BTS was like four dudes. It's like 10. Yeah. There's like a ton of them. And they're all in their little cute suits and all their spring colors and dancing around. And they're cute, like spiff whiff hair. Yes. I was like, I'm in. I see why preteens like this. I'm I'm in my 40s. I like it. Well, <laughs> I liked and, it. I thought it was great. And that's that's one of the things about it is that they are, um, they're big groups of like BTS has seven members and they oh, there's seven yeah there's seven of okay. them and they, they can sometimes have backup people but there's seven members who who are all like it's not just like their music videos they can actually perform this live too and there, there was one band called exo there's nine of them their worth net worth is one billion dollars this okay. this Korean pop band, wow, one billion. Wow, the uh, that's a lot of infrastructure. Welcome oh. Gangnam Style. <laughs> Welcome Gangnam Style. Uh, uh. 
Okay. So <laughs> what do you guys think of the Infrastructure Junkies Roundtable? Should we do it again sometime? I think it's been a blast. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we've had fun listeners. We hope you had yeah. fun too, but who knows? So uh, in celebration of the conclusion of this episode, guys, how about we go get some oysters? I'm in. I'm in. Make sure to go on Spotify Wait. and search for Wait. Infrastructure Junkie Airwaves and like all of the playlists and listen to all of them. And tell me mine's the best. Or just like Carrie Lynn's or mine. And also, guys, go to Twitter and follow us on Twitter at Pendulum Land Pod. You can follow Dave at Right of Way Dave, Kristen at Relo Kristen. Ross is at Right of Way Ross. Carrie Lynn, are you on Twitter? No. Get on Twitter, girl. Whoopum Gangnam style. Is that even what he says? Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs>